This is a really interesting question. Um, do we remember stories? Do we remember photos? Or are they actually memories? So I think a lot of my true memories don't actually really start until about grade five, like the real vivid ones, which puts me kind of around the age of 10. Um, but if I would really have to kind of pause and think, I, I remember spending a lot of time growing up, especially in the summer at our cottage. Um, there was kind of a mum and pop shop down the beach from us. And every evening, the thing to do was to walk down there and get an ice cream cone. Um, and I do remember sitting on a bench with my ice cream cone, taking a lick and the ice cream cone plopping onto the ground. Um, and this repeated several times. My poor father, I'm the oldest child in my family. So firstborn, he got up and I believe replaced that ice cream cone three times. Um, which was great, but I think the thing I remember most is the ground. Um, the ground was covered in sand and pine needles, and um, I guess just seeing my my ice cream sitting there was probably tiger, tiger rum raisin flavored um, for some extra nostalgia. But um, yeah, just kind of a, a nice summer evening with uh, a few blips, you could say. Mm. <laughs> Tell us who are you, where are you, and what are you working on? Uh, my name is Kristen Papillon. I live, reside in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, and I am a brand and social communications manager for an economic development agency. Um, my background is consumer behavior, though, and I've worked mostly my career in marketing. Um, but this has kind of led me into a bit of an economics field because there's really no part of a city or a community or people that the economy doesn't touch. Um, mm. And this obviously is certainly something that the world really is um, dealing with and grappling with right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, What new opportunities do you have now that you didn't have, let's say, a couple of months ago before this global crisis began? So I've been working from home since March. Um, I've, I have great appreciation from working from home, um, but I've always kind of worked in an office space with lots of colleagues around me. So I think one of the opportunities that what this change has brought for me is there's been flexibility of not having to commute and, you know, not having extracurricular activities, not having these social obligations. Yeah. It's really given me the time to slow down and catch up. So, you know, even just small things like catching up on reading, sending people postcards and just really connecting with people. So I'd say the opportunity of having space and an open calendar um, just feels like a huge opportunity to me. That's yes. also given me, go ahead. 
No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, no. I just wanted to, to say that yes, this is uh, this. It's been like a present from the crisis, right? This great pause that we have all had in our agendas and calendars, and then the possibility of of staying still and and free from all the hectic uh, things that we have created for ourselves. And that does really feel like a gift for me because I don't know. It kind of feels like it took the universe to kind of step in and kind of, you know, pause things mm -hmm. for me to take a break. I probably would have just continued to fill up my calendar in my life, um, you know, with commitments and different other things. So yeah, this pause is actually although kind of really was a surprising pause, it was um, a welcoming one. And it's just been an opportunity for me to reflect on how I really kind of want to come out of the slowdown. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had someone point out to me, I mean, my last name, I pronounce it Papillon. Um, my French ancestors obviously would pronounce it Papillon. Papillon, yes. <laughs> Papillon. Um, so, you know, it's a little kind of on yeah. the nose that my last name is Butterfly and kind of talking about the, you know, the cocooning that happens and changing and kind of coming out differently. Mm. So there is a little bit of that going on for me where I have the opportunity to kind of really focus on my priorities how I want to kind of come out of this cocoon and then that's kind of leading me down the path of, you know, the story of the legacy that I want to leave um, behind mm. one day. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, tell us a little bit more about those priorities. Like what have you, what had become uh, a priority for you? that maybe was maybe neglected or wasn't in the first, uh, you know, it wasn't in the, in the first things listed in your, in your to-do list or uh, priorities. I mean, I think it could be as simple as um, working out. That's one thing that's kind of made its way further up my priority chain that was usually something I was trying to fit in after all the other things were done. Mm. Um, right down to one of the things I'm really grateful for is, you know, full, I work full time. My partner works full time. We have a son who's nine years old and I have had the opportunity for the last two months to have basically lunch with my nine-year-old son, mm. which is something I will never take for granted ever again. I've had the opportunity to support him in his education, his learning from home and just getting to, you know, kind of walk a mile in his shoes. Like, you know, what is it that a third grader is experiencing through this? How is his learning? And then again, I would say priorities are just really connecting with individuals. We don't have any family in the city that we live in. Mm -hmm. So technology connecting over technology is not something new but again making the space and you know scheduling those mm. meetings those times for connection instead of it just being oh you know I have five minutes maybe I'll connect but just you know being really 
purposeful about those connections, being purposeful and, you know, sitting down and sending friends in San Francisco or friends in Texas, you know, just a card because you just want to add a little wink and a smile to their day. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, it's almost kind of um, when they say kind of like love is in the small little things. I think that is something I've been trying to focus on, something I've been really trying to celebrate, support local businesses. Um, Yeah, Mm. like it almost feels, it feels simple. Yeah. Really, but it wasn't necessarily, I I don't know that I have made a lot of time in the past for simple. Mm, Beautiful. And uh, I I love this idea of love is in the small things. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I believe actually the quote that's often used is love is in the details. Right. Right. And it's kind of those little things. So, you know, celebrating people throughout kind of this pandemic and just recognizing them. And I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, do you have um like uh, well you mentioned sending bus postcards to friends could you bring us into the the into your home and maybe give us um you know tell us about some ways in de- through details that you um that you uh were able to to you know to to love your family during this time Yeah, I my son had a COVID birthday. He's a spring birthday oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was an interesting I'll call it a challenge because we had been used to celebrating his birthday a certain way, you know, with surrounded by friends and you know usually at some sort of out of home fun place that young people like to kind of gather. So we really kind of had to strip it back and, you know, again, take it down to the simplest fact is, you know, this day is to celebrate our son and everything that he brings into this world and the great teacher that he has been for us. And again, really connecting with what would make him feel the most special. So even just, you know, small decorations, he really loves dogs. So I made sure that we had, you know, yeah. Hardy favorites just at home that again, like, you know, not for a big group, but just kind of for the three of us that really reflected his interests and the mm. things that he loved. And, you know, again, made sure he had the opportunity to connect with, you know, family and friends digitally that day. Um, and I have to say, I was really surprised because he recently said to me that this was one of his best birthdays ever. Wow. <laughs> and I never would have thought that. But I mean, really, it wasn't, if you take things down to kind of more of that simple place, it wasn't the pace of rushing around and getting to the party and handing out party favors and, you know, making sure all of his friends were entertained. Mm. It was just a day of celebrating him. And, you know, I think I love celebrating my friends and my family. And I don't think that we often take time to stop and celebrate ourselves right? And yeah. the contributions that we're making to society. 
Yeah, it's just such an eye-opening, right? Like, how can we, you know, rush and be busy and and try to this to make these perfect uh, birthday parties for our children when maybe you know the simplest, real celebrate celebrating who they are is what really you know builds memory. It's just unbelievable, isn't it? Well, it, it kind of connects to the very first question that you asked was what was the first memory? Um, and I think it's often tied to yeah. a feeling. So I would know growing up that the feeling I would get was this genuinely was my day. This was my birthday and my parents, and my sister always, you know, even if it was something like I got to choose what we were having for dinner because it was your special day. It was like a day to be honored. So, and sometimes that gets, that does get lost. Mm. So yeah, that is, that is definitely um, one thing we have done. <laughs> Another thing is we did, we got a puppy, we got a puppy. And if you want to kind of stop and be really present, get a puppy. <laughs> because um yes they are full of energy and they're they have lots of needs and yeah it's 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 been fun and it's been a lot of work so yeah, yeah they're like babies aren't they puppies and babies very similar they're absolutely <laughs> absolutely like babies. I have seen 4.30 in the morning recently um, and it's been a few years since I have seen that time. So, <laughs> Yes. Tell us about some uh, interesting, important achievements that you, that you want to share with us. I've had the privilege of checking off a lot of what I will call traditional achievements, um, education, career, partnership, motherhood. Um, I've been able to travel quite a bit in my life, but I guess when I reflect on what I consider to be my most important achievement, it kind of comes down to the relationships that I've made. Um, and through that, what that, those relationships have given me is the opportunity to shine the spotlight on other people's stories, both kind of inside and outside of work. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now, given everything that's happening in the world, especially in this last week, I just think it's so important that we make space for other people to be heard. So the times where I have either been able to be a platform for people to be heard or to facilitate ways that they can be heard or connect people. So people's stories and experiences can be heard. That is probably what I would consider some of my most important achievements. And uh, when you have facilitated people to be able to express themselves, uh, has it um, has it been mostly in, in, in a professional field 
or does that transfer also within you know maybe your family your friends i would say predominantly professionally but i i do think this is just part of my value system mm. so i'm always looking for opportunities to highlight other stories so whether that is on my personal social media accounts. I spoke earlier of wanting to kind of support local throughout this whole pandemic and kind of anything I can do to raise the profile of these amazing businesses and some of the amazing things they've been doing and the pivoting they've been doing um, right down to just shining the spotlight on individuals that often don't see that spotlight. Mm -hmm. Everyone has the most amazing stories to tell. Um, and it's just kind of through these relationships that I've built professionally or otherwise, and just listening when you listen to things that people have to say, the knowledge and the tidbits that come out of it are just truly, truly amazing. Hmm. Yeah. Tell us about um, a challenge now, something, uh, you know, that have, challenged you and that you were able to overcome? I'm going to go general on this answer. So I would say one of my greatest challenges has been walking away from things that aren't meant for me. Hmm. So I, 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 I think I know everyone has hopes and desires on how life will go. But obvious, obviously, and often um, the universe has other plans for us. So when I look back on challenges in my life, there have been times that I have fought so hard trying to push my plan through. So kind of those times when you're saying like, this is not how things are supposed to go. Or, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be way and just things that are out of your grasp. So ultimately, how I've overcome this is just sitting yeah. back and realizing that the graceful way that I want to kind of manage this is just to let go of some of that control. <laughs> yes. And be open to those opportunities that I may otherwise not had. So kind of, you know, that saying of, you know, trying to do the same thing over and over, but getting, you know, the same result. Yeah. That kind of thought of madness and or just, you know, focusing, you know, on a closed door when the window behind you is wide open. Mm. So... I mean, this is an ongoing thing. I think this would be an ongoing challenge. Um, this is just how I'm trying to navigate it. And honestly, the gift of time helps. There's a lot when you have that hindsight that you can see, oh, okay, so this happened for this reason or this worked out for this reason. And as a result, I ended up getting to do this kind of instead of this. So I think the help, the What has helped me is thinking, you know, if not this, then what? And kind of, again, just going back and making that space for 
what I'm meant to be doing instead of what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Victor Franklin, he says, instead of asking uh, things to life, you should be asking, what does life want for me to do? And it's such a shift of um, positioning towards life itself, right? It is a shift. And I would say, you know, after... You know, it took me my 30s to, to kind of really wrap my head around that. Yeah, yeah. That's something that I, I also wanted to, um, that I like that you said. It's true that this isn't given. Uh, I think this this is a lesson, you know, the, the, the lesson of letting go uh, the illusion of control because life is going to, it's going to, um, uh, unfold without asking any permissions and uh, somehow the illusion of control is I think I'm not sure but I believe that it it is a lesson that comes with age a little you know like I mean yeah it, it's not something that you're not you you don't have you're not 18 years old and <laughs> and 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 you're not saying to yourself just let go and see how life comes, you know? <laughs> totally. And I think it actually goes back to when we were talking about achievements earlier. You know, I can kind of go through and I think originally there was part of me that said, okay, well, I did the school and then I worked hard and I did this and then I did this. And you kind of going through a checklist, mm. almost feeling like some sort of kind of casino machine is supposed to throw a prize out to you once you have checked off all those boxes and that's not not the case so yeah just kind of being graceful again walking away from things that are not meant to me yeah. meant for me um is certainly a challenge but you know I love, and I don't know the specific quote around it, but just the thought that, you know, what I'm dreaming up and what's out there for me is so much bigger and better than I could almost ever dream up. So just make that space for it to come. Yeah, yeah. Because letting go is not either about, you know, stop sitting, 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 there and do, doing nothing it's just it's just about reading reading life and trying to find uh the flow of life which is not something that is that abstract sometimes it comes in shapes of opportunities um relationships lessons within a relationship and the the the, the idea of navigating your emotions and trying not to not to be stubborn, right? <laughs> in in when whenever life is saying to you, no, not this way, just no. <laughs> and yeah, being able to read w where is the flow of, of life going? Where is it taking us? And 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 what is what is life asking me to do uh, in this in this regard? I love how you mentioned flow. So I was having a conversation recently with a friend and we actually started talking about the seasons. Um, in Canada, I live somewhere where we, we get four very distinct seasons, quite love it. 
Um, but you know, there's that natural progression of, you know, just the environment taking a pause and kind of that ebb and flow. But I don't think that often humans, and I mean, this is something I've studied for years through consumer behavior. We don't often, you know, give ourselves those breaks and it's always kind of the go, go, go and what next and the achievements. And there isn't that ebb and flow that we see in nature. And it's so simple, but it just kind of smacked me right across the head as, wow, like this is happening all around us. It doesn't need to be full force all the time. And then as we spoke of earlier, I guess the universe kind of stepped in and gave everybody a bit of an ebb and a bit of a pause. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, lo- I, I, I love the idea of the flow, but yeah, need to be open to it. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's true. I mean, uh, I mean, when did we start thinking that uh, life and and economy and our systems would overcome uh, the rule of of cycles of life and nature, and, and start thinking that we can create a you know a system that will be uh, a perpetual, <laughs> uh, progressive, growing. Uh, chart right it's just ah. yeah I mean I love that you bring that up because from a professional lens when I'm looking at things through an economic lens if you historically look back at the kind of ebb and flow of recessions no one should be surprised when another recession comes it again it's a bit of a cycle but our memories seem to be really short when it comes to that (laughs) <laughs> Even though it is, again, something that has a bit of an ebb and flow to it. It just, you know, it has, the economy has such an effect on people's livelihoods that, um, yeah. Yeah. And and also, uh, let's think about also the discourse that we have in the medias as well, right? All the focus is growth, 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 good, good, good. And whenever there's something, you know, happening that is not, that is going in, in, let's say, a downflow or is not, you know, then we become so obscure about it. And uh, we, like our media is black and white, uh, is a black and white vision of the, of our world. Like if you mention, if you say something, if if you say the word Syria, for example, today, all you can think of is death and war and, 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 you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Like I came across this article the, last year in a, in a, an Australian uh, magazine named Franklin. And there was this girl uh, traveling in Syria, maybe a couple of, years before the war and she just went out there traveling and she published then in this magazine these beautiful articles and pictures of the people there uh, animals and the and the landscape and it's just you see what I mean like it's our media is just contributes a lot to this not being capable of, of, of having flexibility in our heads uh, towards life and, and towards the future and towards, I don't know, our planet. I, one of the things you 
were saying there that really resonated to me is just in terms of media. I work, one of the channels that I use for work is traditional media and also social media. And one of the things that I always, with the team that I work with, ask and recommend that everyone keeps in mind with a tool like social media is the spark that they can have. So spark, like, and when I mean a spark, like think of a light. So social media can illuminate something and bring it to the surface and it could be a great thing, but it could also be a spark that literally sets something on fire. Mm. So it's a very fine line with tools like social media. Yeah, it's yeah. It can be a fantastic tool, but it could also do a lot of damage at the same time. Right. And, and, and it's not about being optimistic, fully 100% optimistic, but it's just about being a bit, having a more natural um, or, or being more natural in our, uh, in understanding and reading the behavior of those cycles in life. Sometimes it goes very well and sometimes doesn't, but that's not wrong. Yes, I always, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people have seen Pixar's movie Inside Out. Um, I love that movie so much, but I love it for one of the reasons of just being able to kind of hold two things at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's what, what you're saying reminds me of. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not familiar with the movie. I don't think I've seen it. It's so it's so great. It's so great. It's about inside out and your emotions and just being able to be, you know, it can't be good all the time. And, you, you know, yeah. you can hold happiness and sadness or, you know, anger and disgust and, you know, all of the fear, like all those emotions yeah. um, can be held at the same time. Right, right. Now, now that you, yeah, now, now that you that you describe it a little bit more, I remember the movie, and and as you said, even uh, even uh, going, I mean, even accepting the fact that those emotions that we hate so much and that we want to get rid of, they are playing such an important role in life and it's again this brings us back to to the the cycles of life and and if and in winter the, the the need of of um of these uh, moments where we nature is not productive and is you know i don't know it, it is rotting under the soil so it can produce um better soil or uh, soil for the future seeds uh, to to grow, and we are just so disconnected from these cycles. It's just it's it's for of our det detriment that we are so. It's almost like you need to make room for the uncomfortable because it's here to teach you something. Yeah. <laughs> if you had an advice to your eighteen-year-old self, what would it be? I would tell my 18 year old self not to be so hard on herself. Mm. Um, 
I would tell her that perfection is actually quite dull and that you'll miss out if you're sitting on the sidelines worrying about what people are thinking. Mm. Yeah, this is, again, Christine, I I join you in saying that being kind with yourself, right, and less ex- uh, demanding, right, Oh, that is, it's just a, an amazing lesson as well, you know, a life lesson that it, it has so much power, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it goes back to early on us talking about celebrating our friends and our family, but taking the time to celebrate yourself too. Mm. Human beings are pretty amazing. Yeah. Any resource that you would recommend to us checking out over the next weeks? It could be a book, a podcast, an album. I love recommending things. This is something that my friends know me for. I'm (laughs) always wanting to stop people and share the latest podcast or book or show on Netflix. So it's hard for me to kind of whittle it down to one. Um, So kind of I'll do a quick speed round. I would say a book I'd recommend that um, I recently read. And one of those books that you were so sad when it was over because it was just so amazing is called This Is How It Always Is by Laurie Franklin. Frankel, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Laurie Frankel. Um, I cannot recommend that enough. Uh, A podcast is podcast recommendation would be Work Like a Woman by Mary Portis um, out of the UK. And then in terms of a show, um, it's actually a show about fashion and streetwear called Social Fabric. Um, And you can find it on Netflix. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, I am quite um, curious about this podcast that you mentioned, Work Like a Woman. Can you tell us a, a bit more about it? Yes. So Mary Portis is, she owns an agency in the UK, but what she's quite known for is being a retail guru. Um mm. And just from a consumer behavior lens and how people's consumption has changed over the years. Um, She's quite a figurehead for that in the UK. But what she wrote a book called Work Like a Woman also that has looped into this podcast. And it's a lot about, again, celebrating some of, you know, the amazing, I'm going to call them softer skills that women bring to the workforce that traditionally um, haven't, I don't want to necessarily haven't been acknowledged, but because they're not necessarily metric based, Mm. um, haven't been valued as much, but kind of, you know, talking about the future of work in a kinder, more compassionate, more empathetic way is the way forward. Um, so it is an interview format podcast, um, you know, mm. with all genders, 
of, you know, predominantly people in the UK that she interviews just talking about, you know, how work has been done in the past and what's the way forward for work. Beautiful. Hmm. I'm, I'm really going to look into it. It sounds really, really interesting. If you could send the world an email right now, what would you say, Christine? Oh, dear world, what would I tell you right now? I mean, I think I would say how we started this conversation. I'd reflect on that. I would say, you know, right now we have this unprecedented opportunity to slow down and a slow down isn't necessarily a negative thing. I would say let's not rush back to the way things were just because that's what we know, because it's comfortable, because it's status quo. Mm. I'd say let's really reflect on what matters and act accordingly. And especially coming off of last week, I would say let's work together to be on the right side of history 